Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back. Today, we are diving into our relationship series, and we are going to talk about the foundational pieces over the next few episodes, especially today, the foundational pieces of cultivating a deeper, more intimate love relationship with the opposite sex, with the people in our lives. Like, where do we begin? Because ultimately, I have yet to meet one person who says, yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't want to have deeper love, more intimacy, more trust. I don't want to have more depth and connection, right? Like we are wired for it. We're hardwired for it. We are soft wired for it. Like our physical body craves intimacy and affection and to be felt and to be seen and to be held. And our heart craves to be seen and appreciated and loved. Like everything about us is created for intimacy, for connection, to be in relationship. And yet we have a world of people who feel more isolated than ever. We have a world of people who are still struggling with trusting in their relationships. They're struggling to go beyond the surface level relationships that they keep attracting or how to bridge the gap in the canyon in their existing relationships. So today, yeah, we're talking about how do we really begin to, what does it take to get more intimate and deeply connected with someone. And I'm really going to talk about what is absolutely essential without a doubt. That doesn't just get to happen once, but it is a lifelong process. And I'm also going to invite us to ditch all of this self-love BS that is out there that is actually creating more problems than ever, especially um, in the women that I've worked with. And, you know, I can speak from my own personal experience, the women that are out there, the programming that has been so prevalent around, you know, self-love, 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 self-care. Yes, of course, we must nourish our bodies, but I believe that there's been a lot of distortion around this message. And it's high time that we reorganize the information so that we actually get to a place that it feels good and it adds to our relationships instead of competing or fighting against our current relationships. So let's just start with, you know, at the very beginning, whenever we think about what do we desire in a relationship? Really, you know, you've heard me say this a lot. Um, I think I first read this in one of John Eldridge's books, desire points to design, not just the desire of your flesh, right? Like deep in your bones, deep in your heart, deep in your soul. What is the thing that you really crave and desire so much in your relationships? The consistent message, the consistent thing I hear, by the way, I interview a lot of people on this subject 
every single time somebody comes into my coaching practice, I take them through a, you know, pretty good discovery phase around this. And it is an ongoing conversation with my clients, with myself, my husband. What do we desire to experience more of? How do you desire to experience your relationships? So just tune into that right now, right? And so here's what happens. Like a lot of time, if someone has been going through some season of struggle, strife, you know, heartache, uh, they're coming back, like just hit a really dark spot in their relationship, or they're really in that place of just longing and never having felt seen or heard or desired. You know, what I'll hear a lot is like, well, I want someone who will respect me. I want someone who will show up for me. I want to hear her say that she's proud of me. I want to have her be affectionate towards me when I walk in the door and initiate intimacy instead of me always having to be the one. I want him to tell me that I'm beautiful. I want him to actually support my dreams instead of fighting against me, right? There's a lot of this like, I want him to, or I need her to, or I need him to. I need, I want, I need, I want the other person to satiate, to satisfy, to fulfill, to show up for me, right? Isn't that interesting? (laughs) It's all about me, 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 me. (laughs) What about me? Um, And I could totally relate to this. And after we dig deeper, I'm like, okay, so what is that really about, right? First of all, I'm going to challenge us. Like when we say what we desire in a relationship, is it all about you? Because it's very rare, I'm going to be honest, it's very rare that I hear the person that says, you know, I want to have a relationship where we both show up for each other, where I wake up and I am excited to love this man, where I see her across the room and she just like, you know, captivates my heart and I want to serve her. I want to love her. I want to show up for her, right? It's usually the other way around. The focus is on what are they going to do for me? So let's just tune into that. So we dig a little deeper. Right, we dig a little deeper of this. And the next thing is like, what does the relationship dynamic look like? Right. So be at first it's like, is it all about me? Self-serving me, right? The person is there for me to you know serve me the whole time. But what is the relationship dynamic? Because we know exactly what that relationship dynamic like is is like, right? It's like if someone is always just there to serve, 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 give, 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 there's an imbalance. It doesn't flow. So one of the things I say is like, okay, talk to me about the relationship. And then I'll start to hear things like, well, there's there's respect. I just, I crave respect. Respect is one of the big ones. Very rarely do I hear people say, well, there's no love in our relationship. I actually hear, yeah, we love each other, but dot, 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 dot. I love her, but the passion is gone. I love him, but there's no respect. There's no support, right? So the love quote, I'm using little L because big L shows up from a place of respect, but we have this thing that we call love, but we lack or we crave respect. We crave to be seen, fully appreciated, to be fully understood. Where I understand him, he understands me. Like we just get each other. You know, we crave things that I hear is like getting on the same page, being on the same team. I call that submission, right? We're under the same mission. We're both heading in the right direction. We crave to have someone that shares the same values, the same vision, that is there to support each other, 
So a lot of times I'll ask, like, what is the dynamic? So the dynamic could be like the energy, the atmosphere of the relationship, right? So it's like, is there respect? Is there appreciation? Is there intimacy? Like intimacy could be physical intimacy, you know, where there's like this amazing sex life and we're so, you know, deeply intertwined. And, but it's also like intimacy and communication, intimacy and understanding. Intimacy is like this depth of connection that is so magnetic. There's almost no words for it. You just know it when you feel it, when you've experienced it, right? There's a desire for true companionship, like that person to share the adventure with. By the way, these are all things that we are uniquely designed for on purpose. God created us with these desires, with these voids, (laughs) because they ultimately point us back to him and to each other. But, you know, when we start making the other person responsible for creating this for us, now we have a problem. So last one I wanted to mention here is presence, right? We crave, like, I just want, I hear this from women a lot. I just, I want him to be present with me. I hear from men as well, but like, I want him to show up, like to be there to, for us to actually have time and space, whether it's to hang out, to go on dates, to go on adventures. And so this is where we get, you know, this language, like, well, we lost the love or we lost the fun or like we stopped doing what lit us up, right? And we kind of forgot who we are. We forgot to date each other. And we kind of got lost in the, you know, rigmarole of life of chasing kids, of doing business, of going to functions and like paying bills and building our little empire and stuff. And along the way, I don't know, something just kind of fizzled out, right? And so now we're left with the longing the longing to come back together, the longing to experience something more. So I just want to say like that longing, longing is, is there. It is there as a GPS. It's there to redirect us back to what matters. But here's the thing, you know, a lot of us have the longing and right away we want to just make the other person responsible for fixing it or Maybe we go into fix-it mode, right? We're so programmed to like just fix the problem, right? We'll just do more dates. We'll just do more things. Tell me if this resonates, but then you go on a date or you go on a hike or you do whatever. You're sitting there and you're like, I actually don't know what to talk to you about. (laughs) Or you talk and you like start fighting again about the same stuff that you've always been fighting about. And you're like, man, I just wanted to have a good night or a good vacation or whatever, And here we are again, fighting about this thing. Like, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who I am. So whether you've been in a relationship for a long time, or maybe you start dating somebody and you're going out with them and you're like trying to get to know the other person, but you're also really guarded of how much of yourself you share. And so you're sort of like playing on the surface. And, you know, the first, the first question I always like to say is like, okay, if this is the relationship I crave, the dynamic of the relationship I crave you know, is respect. That was a huge one for me. I wanted to experience respect. I wanted to feel appreciation. Not only I wanted that I wanted him to appreciate me, but I actually wanted to be able to appreciate him in my life. I wanted trust. Trust was something that I never had experienced in any relationship. I had a lot of betrayal wounds, abandonment wounds, right? In my life. And so trust was a really hard one. It was like rooted in survival much of my life, competing instead of working together and collaborating. So then the question I began to ask myself when I went through this process is like, do I show up as a woman who is respectful, full of appreciation, full of desire for him? Do I show up as a woman that's excited 
to connect and get to know him, who he is right now in this season of life? Or am I just showing up assuming he's going to show up as the same guy that I've always known him to be, right? Am I showing up and bringing presence to the relationship? Or am I waiting for him to do it first to prove to me that he actually cares about me so that then I'll do it, right? And be honest, be honest about this. So when I like really got clear, I was like, God, I am not settling for anything less than you have created for me, period. When it comes to a relationship, like I have, I'm a romantic at heart. I crave the deeper love, the deeper intimacy. I don't like to play on the surface level with anything. And this is the one area of my life that I was like, man, I just, I know, I know that we're created for more. And I want that rare legacy of love, you know, and I do believe it's possible. And I know it's possible because now I have it. So the the real question is, if you can be radically honest and real with yourself, which requires a lot of humility and grace to say, you know what? I don't, I don't respect men or women. If I'm honest, I am always waiting for them to let me down. I am walking on eggshells. I am guarded. Like if we can just be honest, that's step number one. The second thing is, you know, we've got to get real about cultivating a relationship within ourselves, getting to really know who is the man, who is the woman right now in this season of life, at this point of your relationship, at this point of your marriage, you know, at, in your thirties, forties, fifties, a lot of and my listeners, I think are in your forties and fifties, right? But like, who are you now? Not who were you when you were a kid and maybe you're still reacting like a kid, right? He's got those wounds of the past that trigger and then you lash out and your inner child starts screaming and throwing a temper tantrum. Not the teenager, not the 20-year-old, but who are you now? Do you know? And this is a question that I would, like, I'm just going to say every single man and woman that I have worked with says, I don't really know. I don't really know, Christine. I don't know who I really am right now. This is a huge body of the work that I do, but it's like, I'm not really sure. Or I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do, but you know, that's a great question. And sometimes we may know, but I, my next question is how well, if you know him, if you know her, how well do you know her? How well do you know him? Do you know what really lights him up? What lights her up? What turns him on? What is an absolutely yes in his life? What's a no right? How do you want to live out and experience your work, your relationships? Are you clear on these things? Are you clear on where you're being called to right now? Because we can get so stuck in our familiar patterns, right? We get stuck in our identity. We think, well, this is who I am. (laughs) I determined this like in my twenties or thirties or whatever, or this is who my wife has told me I am, or my husband or my kids tell me I am. And we fall into these boxes and these like yeah, labels. And really, we are always evolving. We are always in transformation. We are always evolving. We're always growing. We're always, you know, I love how just life is taking us through these journeys and we're in a discovery process. So how often do you pause to say, where am I now? Who is the man and the woman inside? How well do I know her? How well, how intimate do I get with myself? How comfortable Am I in my own presence without any distractions, without the phone going off, right? All these things that we ask of the other person in the relationship, how well do I respect myself? Do I respect my time? 
Oh, this is a big one. I work and have seen so many people, and I can say to this, that we get so upset when our children, when our wife, when our staff, when other people disrespect our time, right? We get so angry. I just totally disrespected my time. And yet, do you respect your own time? Like truly respect it? Do you value it? Right? Do you appreciate? You want appreciation? Well, do you appreciate the inner man or the inner woman? Like really appreciate her, right? Do you enjoy your own company? Like if you're out going for a walk with the dog or you're sitting in a quiet office just hanging out for the afternoon or you go, I love to be alone now, but there was a time where I was terrified to be alone. I would just get so anxious if I was doing something by myself without another person there to, you know, prove that I had companionship or prove that I was adventurous or prove that I belonged. Like it was just crazy. Like my nervous system actually could not was not comfortable being alone. I always had to have someone around, always had to be dating someone, always had to be, you know, with friends or at a party or doing something. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, desire out there, supposedly surface level desire for more intimacy, more trust, more connection, more respect, a better relationship. But question number one is, am I still like looking at the other person to be the provider of that for me? Is it all about me, me, me? And am I asking for something that I've never truly, or I'm not currently discovering within myself? Like if intimacy means to into me, see, you guys have heard me say this. So do you slow down enough? Ask yourself questions to get curious with yourself. Like literally, what if you were dating someone? You'd want to get to know them, right? So uh, I believe like from my own experience, that it takes radical awareness, a radical presence, and willingness to just slow down and go through the process of really falling in love with the man or woman that God designed you to be and discovering who you are. And I believe that there's only one place we can really get those questions answered, right? There's only one place where we can really get those questions answered. There's a lot of talk out there about know thyself, know thyself, right? If you, if, um, I think it's Pythagoras, uh, Pythagoras that said, when you know thyself, then you will know God and the universe. I, I apologize if I got that quote totally wrong, but I think it's, that's who it was. And Socrates said, know thyself. But my question is, know thyself. Who is the self? <laughs> who is answering the questions? What part of the self? The flesh, the ego, the soul? deep in the spirit, like the heart, like where, who, who is this me that we're talking about? Who is reminding you of who you are when you forget who you are or you have just adopted an identity of who you are? See that last quote by Pythagoras, I think it was, it said, if you know thyself, you will know God in the universe, I think is actually inside out. Of course, he was a Greek philosopher, ancient Greek philosopher, but really the truth is when you know God, you remember who you are. There's a verse in um, Jeremiah that says, you know, I have formed you. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, right? I knew who you were. I know who you are. And I appointed you. I chose you. And it was in my darkest moments of my life always 
when I felt like I was in this dark void that I totally was like, God, I don't know who I am right now. And I had to get really still. And instead of saying, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I'm just like, God, who are you? How, how did you create me? Like, what, what? Show me, reveal to me more of this woman that you made, but reveal more of yourself to me. And when I began to ask God, God, who are you? You are fiercely loving. You are loyal. You are full of grace, full of mercy, reverence, wonder, and awe. Like, you are a healer, a lover, a fighter. Like, you are. And then I remember, I am made in his image. We are made in his image. We are a reflection of his heart, right? In Genesis, we're told we are made in his image. You know, that I've, in those moments when I be still and I slowed down because life forced me to, because I didn't do it on my own, I discovered who I was by getting to know who God was. And it was this intimate walk and this intimate dance and this intimate relationship of really creating space from all the noise, from all the people, from all the distractions, and really walking with my inner woman, you know, with the little girl inside, the, the wise woman <laughs> that's going to be my night, all the same, and, and really be in conversation with God as he revealed more and more of who I am, who I'm created to be, where I'm being called right now. And really, this is about cultivating a relationship, a deep, beautiful, intimate love affair with our creator and with the woman and man inside so that we can bring that love to our current relationships. We will only have the level of intimacy with someone else equal to the depth that we've gone within ourselves. We will only be able to respect another to the level of respect that we have for ourselves and for God. I really believe this, right? We can try to put on a show. We could try to put on a mask. We can only really have a desire to, and longing to really get to know someone else, to appreciate all of them, the, their beautiful parts and their dark parts, when we honor and appreciate all of our beautiful parts and our dark parts. There's a lot of talk out there about shadow work and honoring and loving all of the, the dark, messy parts of yourself because we're all human. When we can pause and realize, I am not God herself or himself. I am not perfect. I am not able to just wave a magic wand and instantly get everything I want in perfect order, but I can just, I am this like beautiful vessel, right? Created to, you know, to experience the fullness and richness of life created in God's image. And the more I walk in intimacy with him, the more I get to experience in life. It's so beautiful. And so there's a lot of talk out there also, ladies, especially around, oh, you got to love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And hey, even in the, in the word, we're told, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. But see, I think that we have distorted a lot of this, this um, ideas around self-love. And so we think of it like, oh, I just have to do things for me. Is it self-love or is it self-indulgence? Like, is it self-love or is it self-gratification in the moment? Like, oh, I just got to go shopping. I have a shopping day for myself, you know, because I'm having a self-care day or I'm having a bubble bath or I'm doing this and I'm taking a trip. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad by any means. I love to shop. I take a lot of baths. I take a lot of trips. But there's a difference between really caring and nourishing, nourishing 
the woman, the man inside, like taking the time to feed her or him, like say, feed the king, feed the queen, right? Like, am I taking the time in this space to really nourish my mind, my body, my spirit, my soul, and to walk in intimacy with myself so I can fall in love with the design with what, you know, with God first, my father, as he shows me, like he reminds me, this is who I made you to be. I know you forgot right now. It's like this beautiful image, you know, of our kids when they're little and we love them so much and we see them a certain way, don't we? We're just like, our children are just beautiful, magnificent creatures. We see all of the potential that they have. Like they are just, we just love them. We have, that's just because that's who we are. That's what we do. We just love them because they're ours. And then they grow up a little bit and then they start hanging out with kids and like they're having play dates or maybe they're older and they're teenagers or whatever. And they start dating people and others start telling them who they are. Ew, you're ugly. You're fat. You're slow. You're stupid. Brothers and sisters do this to each other. And the attacking of the character, the attacking of the little boy, the little girl begins, begins on the playground. It begins in school. It begins in our first love relationships. And it continues in our lives, attacking our inner character, attacking and questioning, making us doubt who we are. We're just like, am I? I thought that was a skill I had. I thought that was a gift of mine, but now I'm not sure. Does it even matter? Right? Like these gifts that I thought I had of speaking and being a great speaker and like having the ability to communicate. Now someone tells you something like, or attacks what you said, and now you're doubting who you are. And it's just like, I just have this image of these children that are like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden they went from being amazing children who had all of this potential in the world that thought they could do and be everything. And they start questioning who they are and they start sulking and they stop trying and they stop dreaming. And sometimes they come back into our arms as a parent and we have to remind them, that's not who you are, baby. That's not who you are. Those kids out there, they're just hurt kids saying hurtful words has nothing to do with you, right? And we whisper and we remind our children who they really are, how we see them. I was actually walking with my oldest. We were out going for a hike in the snow. And I said, you know, I just wish that you could see yourself through my eyes. I have so much love for you. I see so many gifts in you. And I started rattling off all the gifts, you know, all the gifts that are inside of this beautiful child. And I just said, I wish that you could see yourself the way I see you. I want to remind you of who you really are because it's so easy to forget in a world that is so polluted with comparison, with striving, with shaming and blaming and attacking character and setting people on pedestals and idols. We've worshiped celebrities. We worship sports athletes. We worship people that are in business that are further ahead from us. We even put our partners on a pedestal, which by the way, could be a whole other podcast, but we don't even realize we are making our partner, our God or goddess, because we are expecting them to be perfect And we have to be perfect to please them and to prove that we're worthy of their love. Well, if you're in that loop, you have made that person your idol, right? And I call that, it's a a little God, little goddess, and you are dancing around trying to please them, right? And you expect them to be perfect and you're going to be chronically dissatisfied because there's only one that can fill that role. 
So as I kind of begin to, you know, wrap up today, I wanted to just really, like, I am serious about this. This self-love, like, let's get real about that. Because when we, when I, whenever I work with women, they're like, yeah, I got to do more self-love. I'm like, okay, so let's start really nourishing your body, right? Let's start really taking care of the body, the vessel that you've been given. Let's give her deep nourishing foods. Let's detoxify. Let's clean out the system. Let's take her for long walks. Let's, you know, go and meditate and pray and go to the infrared sauna or whatever. We do all these different things, right? And then it's like, oh no, I want to be able to like, just relax, shop, you know, (laughs) drink, do my thing. But it's like, is it actually nourishing? Is it the loving thing that you're doing? Or are you just slapping something on in the name of self-love? Self-indulgence, immediate gratification. That has become a big defining line for me is how am I nourishing my mind, my heart, my spirit? And how am I investing my time and energy and getting to get more intimate with myself and with God? God first, because he reveals more of who I am. But as I get to know more of myself, my, my, like who I'm designed to be, not who the world tells me to be, I show up in my relationships so much more loving, so much more respectful, so much more appreciative of my husband, so much more present, so much more unattached to how the other person is acting, behaving, what they're saying, what they believe. Because I'm coming from a full place. So some things to consider, you know, is like how triggered are you getting in your relationship about what the other person is saying or not saying or doing or not doing? And how much meaning are you giving to their behavior about what it means about you? Women especially have been defined by their relationship. We're relational beings, of course, right? Like we're mothers, we're nurturers. We are so like the feminine has this amazing ability to bring life because we are just, everything about us is to hold space for others. And yet we can become very malnourished in this place when we give, 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 and don't nourish ourselves at a deep, deep level, right? And then it can, we can kind of fall into this martyr pattern. I call it the overbearing did a training the other day on the five faces of the wounded feminine. Maybe I'll drop the link below. Actually, I will. I'll drop the link in the show notes. The five faces of the wounded feminine. But one of them was the malnourished mother, the overbearing mother, who was like doing, 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 doing for everyone else because she wants everyone else to need her. This is like codependency at its finest. I need to be needed. I need to know that I hold value in your life. So I'm going to put myself, never any time for me to pray or to write or to read or to go and work out. There's never enough time for me, for the woman inside, because I'm always just pouring myself out. And so while I do believe that we are here to, you know, lavish love on each other, I am here for my husband. I'm here for my children. I'm here for my clients. I'm here for the mission and, you know, whoever God wants me to talk to, I'm here for these amazing relationships in my life. I cannot show up to them with the level of presence, patience, compassion, understanding that is required if I don't do the inner work first. My loves, it starts with us. A great relationship, an amazing relationship, one that feels so good to be in, 
begins with you. Cultivating a relationship with the inner man, with the inner woman, asking God to reveal to you, who am I? Who did you create me to be? Who are you, God? Show me more of who you are because your word says, I am created in your image. Just like our children are created in our image. Yes, they carry our DNA. Yes, they're entitled to certain things because they're our children. Yes, we love them just because they who we are. And as parents, we have to remind, right? We remind our children who they are when they forget. This is the kind of intimacy I'm talking about. And it is beautiful. It is so beautiful, loves. And um, I think this is like so important if you're new and you're rebuilding new. If you're trying to rebuild right now, you're in the process of rebuilding a relationship, rebuilding from maybe the ruins of a divorce, of something happening in the relationship. Maybe there was betrayal, an affair. You know, maybe you're just rebuilding yourself after years of being alone and you're learning how to have a relationship again. I just really encourage you to not jump right into fix-it mode. If you're in a relationship that's broken, right, broken, like that's experiencing that hardship, don't jump into fix-it mode and band-aid mode by just doing more stuff. But really give each other the time and the space. You could do this in the same house, right? It's patience. (laughs) Patience to cultivate the new relationship. Will we give each other the time, the space, the patience? Will we honor each other enough and love each other enough to allow us both to go through the process of rediscovering who we are right now, right? And we can do it side by side, but we have to honor the other person's space to do this as well. If you're, you know, you've been alone and you're ready to cultivate a relationship with someone else. I mean, this is the thing I always tell you guys are listening, you know, it's so tempting to want to just get on those online dating apps or just start dating people or need somebody around you just to make you feel better. Right. And just like, well, I'll just kind of test people out and I'll see you don't find the right person. You don't find the right soulmate. You don't find a soulmate. The right person shows up. The right relationship shows up. When you are positioned and ready and prepared to call it in, to hold space for it, to nurture it, to cultivate it, to pour yourself into it, and to continue to feed it over time and let it grow. This is not work that's one and done, right? Like my husband and I, we spend a lot of time together, but we have a lot of time that is separate where he's working on himself. I work on myself. I have my quiet time. You know, there's the mornings are like, those are my time. He has his time. He's away right now on a trip, you know, just him and some guys and they're doing some inner work and I'm here with my oldest and we're doing some quality time together. So are you someone who's really able to give the other person space to breathe, oxygen to breathe? And um, a lot of times, if we are not comfortable with ourselves, if we're not comfortable and at ease with being alone, alone, we're never really alone, (laughs) but if we're not comfortable with being by ourselves, we will be really stressed out in our relationships. Next week, I'm I'm going on a ski trip. And um, originally I wanted to, you know, have my husband come with me and I was all excited about it. And then he had an event and some other stuff and couldn't come. And I thought, well, I'll just go by myself. I'm still booking it. I'm going to go. I'm going to spend time in the mountains. It'll just be me. Like I'll be up there in the snow, hiking, singing, dancing, praising. Like I'm going to work on the book while I'm out there. I was just like, you know, I can use this 
for more depth, for more intimacy. And uh, so I just like moved forward with it, right? And so I'm going out next week. It turns out my oldest is coming with me at the last minute. I got a message saying, hey, can I come? And I was like, of course, I've got the space, right? I'm creating the space. So the cool thing is like when you create the space for connection, for intimacy, for awe and wonder, like things just show up um, to support that. So right now if you're struggling, in a relationship that doesn't feel connected and you're just like grasping to try to get these things and no matter how hard you try, no matter how many things you try to fix and no matter what you do, notice it's all striving, it's all proving, it's all doing. If all of that isn't working, well, maybe that's an answer to your prayer loves. <laughs> maybe that's an answer to just slow down for a minute so that you don't need a total breakdown of darkness in order to go into this place where you're willing to go deep. You can start now by just slowing down, saying, I'm going to give myself some space. I have, it's not going to be comfortable. It's awkward. It's like dating in the beginning. You're like, um, all right, so I don't really know what we're doing here. Like, right. And so you might be in this like awkward phase for a little bit as you kind of figure yourself out and you figure out how to be in communication with yourself and God. And, you know, for me, I, I use a lot of different practices. Like I read and I write and I journal and I voice record. And I mean, I dance like so many different ways that we can be in this discovery process, but it is no different than dating someone else. And you're like, Hey, let's go play. Let's go explore. Right. So I hope that this landed for you guys. I hope that this uh, planted some seeds of awareness, some new questions to be asking yourself as we are going into this relationship series. It doesn't make any sense to start talking about how to shift our behavior or our mindset or what the other, you know, understanding men or women until we really are raw, real, and honest with ourselves. Am I still playing at the surface level? Am I still expecting the other person to just be there for me, 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 me? Is the desires that I have been holding for a relationship self-serving, self-indulgent, selfish? And have I been using this little excuse of like, oh, self-love, self-love, um, rather than really cultivating richness in relationship in my life. So whew, I will leave it at that. Let us go cultivate some rich soil for amazing relationships to thrive. Um, make sure that you check out the link in the show notes if you guys want to grab that training on the five faces of the wounded feminine. I thank you for being here. I thank you for being part of the conversation. If this resonates, please do share with someone else. Remember, my loves, an amazing relationship starts with you getting to know the man or woman God created you to be. Because when you know who you are, you show up to a relationship from that place that is so grounded, so certain, unwavering, that is some kind of magnetic presence. It is powerful. It is attractive. And it will create something you never even knew was possible. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously as we lead the untamed life. My loves, this is the only life worth living. You were not created to be stressed out, burned out, and bored. We are here to really experience the richness of life. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. 
If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.